Today's episode of Chrome Dome Radio is brought to you by Cat's Ass Coffee, the affordable brand of Kopi Luwak Coffee. Kopi Luwak is the world's most expensive coffee, brewed from the semi-digested coffee cherries eaten and defecated by the Asian palm civet feline, indigenous to parts of Southeast Asia. These cherries are fermented within the civet's intestines and after being expunged through the civet sphincter, they are thoroughly cleaned and brewed into a robust Arabica blend that caffeinated connoisseurs crave the world over. However, because of the intensive farming and purification processes these cherries undergo, the retail prices of such beans are extremely cost prohibitive, going for as much as $700 per kilo. Me ouch! Fortunately for you, the innovators at Cat's Ass Coffee have cut the production costs to bring you fresh, flavorful kitty poo poo beans at a fraction of the price. Because the founders of Cat's Ass Coffee were too poor to afford the Kopi Luwak for themselves, they developed their own proprietary process for Cat's Ass Coffee. They started by force-feeding Maxwell House to their very own domesticated house cat, Skittles, just to see what would happen. After several harrowing hours of the little shit bouncing off the walls and a quick trip to the vet, they had some of the most fragrant coffee grounds you've ever whiffed. Now, their small-time operation has developed into a multinational conglomerate, and Cat's Ass Coffee is carried in boutique coffee shops all over the globe, frequented by such high-end clientele as Alfonso Ribeiro and Potsy from Happy Days. And the best part about it? It costs a mere $70 per kilo. Barely a tenth of the cost of Kopi whatever the fuck. Try Cat's Ass Coffee today, and you'll have to agree when we tell you it's the perfect brew. And we're back, episode two of Chrome Dome Radio. What's up, everyone? Chris here. Zach over here. The initial reviews are in. Most of them surprisingly negative for episode one. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were really unkind. They said some hurtful things. Um, I know my voice is nasally. Uh, you didn't have to point it out, but, you know, whatever. Rolling Stone gave it a 3 out of 10, saying they can smell Zach's breath from here. It smells like cat's ass coffee. MTV also entirely negative, saying uh, that we have no chemistry. So, I, you know, what? do you care? I mean, you you barely look into my eyes anymore. All right. We could work on that. <laughs> anyway, thanks for tuning in, guys. We had an exciting week here at Chrome Dome. We kicked this thing off. We are on Spotify. We are on Google Play, and we are on Stitcher. iTunes is being a pain in the ass. iTunes does uh, does not like us because uh, I guess we have uh, those viruses that uh, they can't catch. It's it's something to do with the... So you have to obviously send in your RSS feed, and they're ways of doing so have crashed and they have shitty technical support and they're not taking care of us and there's a lot of people pissed off right now where are the geniuses <laughs> i ask you but other than that uh we also kicked off the cooking channel we have two recipes up there uh you can find them at chromedomeradio.com we have a recipes section now and they are up on youtube check those out i made meatballs and i made brajol i have personally tried the meatballs and uh chris's balls are quite sweet I, uh, I enjoyed them thoroughly. Thanks, buddy. On my tongue. All right. In my mouth. All right. All right. <laughs> so did you hear what happened today in Connecticut? Uh, what happened in Connecticut? 47 people overdosed on a synthetic marijuana in a public park. Uh, 
Connecticut? In Connecticut, in New Haven. Uh, so these 47 people go down for the count. Cops show up, and uh, they uh, arrested the, I guess, <laughs> alleged supplier of it all. Of synthetic marijuana. Of synthetic marijuana. Did like, they, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. Did they, did they buy this at, like, one of those head shops? Like, it was, like, some stupid name, like, Zombie Killer, or... Well, that's you know. what I was wondering, because how much you want to bet this guy's at home last night soaking his oregano and fucking antifreeze, <laughs> <laughs> and these dummies... Go and buy it for probably a premium price, and all 40, I don't know how many people took it, but 47 people go down for the count today in the park. So This is not the first time it happened there. Wait, what? On July 4th, 12 people went down for the same thing in the same park. I really want to know, like, the net age of these people. (laughs) No, it actually said, it said a range of ages from teens to to, uh, 60s. All over the place. Why? Why? Why are 60-year-olds hanging out with teens doing synthetic marijuana in a park in Connecticut? Is the real stuff not legal there? I guess not. Uh, man, see, they got to get on that. Uh, I mean, everybody else is, except for Georgia. Uh, uh, I think it's decriminalized in Atlanta. In Atlanta? A certain amount of it. You know, where I don't live. True. Um, yeah. So, that's that's terrible. You know, I, I uh, thoughts and prayers to their families. Well, yeah, I mean that's the serious part of it, but it's also fucking funny because <laughs> did anybody dummies... die? Like, no, nobody died. I mean, overdosed. What do you? No, no. Is this man... like the overdose where like the cop that made brownies that you know he probably stole all the pot for from like p- kids that he busted? Yeah, and he called like in the to like report that him and his wife were dying because time was going too slow. Is this the kind of like overdose that we're talking about, or was it like seizures, like eyes rolling in the back of the head, got to grab their tongue so they don't bite it off, kind of thing? It's the kind of overdose that fills up a Taco Bell. Mm. Now they said uh, in the report that people, their eyes were rolling to the back of the head; they were having seizure-like, um, I guess, behavior. Uh, well, nothing funny about that. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I mean, the whole drug. I mean, why? I don't understand the advantage at that point. You know, if you is, is that stuff legal? Uh, yeah. I mean, speaking as a, a formerly you know retarded teenager, uh, I would go into head shops and purchase uh, you know unknown substances that were masquerading as uh, marijuana substitutes. Unfortunately, they uh, often were closer to like the psychedelic realm of things and had unknown side effects, and maybe that's why I have back hair now. Yeah, the unfortunate thing is that the real stuff is surprisingly beneficial pretty, to one's pretty health. Pretty good for you. And, you know, these people taking this, this crap, they're doing nothing good for themselves. Nope. Uh, obviously. And, uh, you know, it's a shame that we are where we are now in this country and we're still, we're still like, you know, oh, marijuana, it's the gateway drug, stay away from it. But in the end, when you look at the numbers and you actually apply a little bit of logic, you're like, well, alcohol is... Way worse. I'm thinking the page is turning on that one, though. You like, think so? Oh, well, for sure. I mean, we've, how many places is it legal recreationally now? Um, like, definitely Washington, uh, Denver, or Colorado. Colorado in general, I think. And then California, too. It's like I think there's like 14, 15 states that have it uh, medically uh, available. Even Georgia, we're doing like certain kinds of uh, like the oils that aren't psychoactive here. But it's, you know, in Florida, Florida, for Christ's sake. I mean, that's that's like as deep south as you get, really, on on the East Coast, at least. And uh, they've they've got 
it uh it available for uh medical patients that may be one of the few things that the left and and the right can agree on is medical marijuana well i would love it if the left and the right would come together a little bit more uh over things that make a lot of sense uh and just have like you know super easy solutions Uh, unfortunately there are very very few examples of that these days well, well, that would probably be one of them. I would think that some form of an affordable health care, not maybe not government health care, oh, but, but no, but, no, but no, health care gonna... being affordable. Oh, yeah, we could agree. It should be, but there's no way that it, I mean, I have a real hard time seeing it in my lifetime with the system that we have now because our system is built piecemeal. Like, I I am no big fan of socialized health care at all, uh, just you know, at on principle. However, I have to admit that fully socialized health care would probably be better than the system that we have now. Right now we have like some kind of a bastard amalgamation of socialized and privatized health care where we don't really pay for health care access. We pay for health care insurance, which isn't the same thing at all. And not only do we pay for it but we overpay for it for subpar like uh, outcomes all over the place on every level of the supply chain whether it's medication whether it's insurance uh it's i in my opinion this is the like probably one of the top three existential threats to the united states of america right now today because uh All right, so just off the top of my head, up to about 40% of the American population is either diabetic or pre-diabetic. Wow. And that is a chronic disease, my friend, which costs somewhere in the range of $80,000 to $120,000 per year for you to to treat, not cure, treat. So this, like, if, say, all right, so let's do the math here. If it costs $100,000 for you to treat your diabetes and your... 30 years old, and you're going to live on average to be 75, right? So that's 45 years at $100,000. Do you want to, you know, ballpark how much that, uh, I mean, how much we money could, that we, is? You move the decimal point. Yeah. So, I mean, I, could you move it for me and say it out loud? 4.5 million bucks. So $4.5 million over 40% of the American population, which is what, like 300 40 million, something like that. Yep. I mean, I mean, just that's not sustainable. I mean, we can keep on just printing the money like we have been. I mean, we have deficits soaring. I, I, I tell you what, that's one thing I really didn't like about the Trump tax plan is the uh, the fact that it wasn't paid for. Everything else has been kind of nice. But uh, well, the money's going to come from somewhere else. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it has to. It always does. <laughs> yeah, it comes from the future. That's yeah. what we've been doing. <laughs> we've just been kicking the can down the you know the generational road for. I mean, what our national debt is something like what twenty thirty trillion. Who's keeping track anymore? Nobody. That's the fucking problem. <laughs> Trump's just like, no, we'll we'll just we'll just keep uh, going down the road, I, it, and that's the real issue, and that's why I think there's no way that we're going to get meaningful reform anytime soon is because entitlements are bugaboos like you can't touch them if you act like you're going to touch them the left screams oh my god you're going to put like millions and millions of people off of insurance and they won't have health care access and they're all going to fucking die and that's true they probably will that i mean that's inevitable if you're talking about gutting entitlements 
And then the right screams at the same time, like, well, we have to, or, you know, millions, millions more people will die in 20, 30 years when nobody can afford it because we've collapsed our entire system because there's no money. We've hit hyperinflation and everything is fucked. So Mm. it's the real issue is nobody can suck it up right now. Um, And, you know, you shouldn't have to be asked to like being asked to suck it up right now is basically like, hey, do you want to die for your nation? I mean, you're not in the military, but do you want to die for your nation? And the answer is fucking no. What have they ever done for me? I mean, which is another conversation entirely. (laughs) I'm still stuck on your impression of the left versus the right. Um, your your left was very very sensitive very sounding, soft. and your right was very established business businessman. You think so? I I feel like my right was just uh, kind of me because I'm an established businessman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you bring up some good points, and I think the problem is I don't I don't it's there's something where people just can't have a constructive conversation anymore, and they they can't they don't want to get their feelings hurt, and they all want to express uh, what what they're feeling deep down below, and it's just the weirdest thing because you like you were saying everything has to be brought to an extreme mm-hmm. you can't just be leaning to the right you're no. that's when you're a nazi fascist that's you know true. what i mean and you can't just be leaning to the left because that's when you're you're a liberal hippie yeah well i mean it it wasn't always this way it's always been this way to some degree i uh I think uh, probably you can trace a lot of today's disagreements to the fact that people hate Donald Trump so much. And people hate Donald Trump so much that even saying something like, well, I benefited from his tax plans, like, oh, well, you support his policies, you fucking Nazi-like piece of shit. And all right, I'm a Nazi piece of shit. Fine. You know? (laughs) It sounded like the beginning of a joke. People hate Donald Trump so much. How much do they hate him? They would go fuck a cat instead of vote for him again. <laughs> oh, man. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, you're, you're right, though. That's, uh, that's the main issue. I mean, left versus right is not how you need to frame this conversation in your mind. It's left and right trying to balance conflicting values and resources and priorities in order to achieve the best result. And with the the thing I don't think most people realize is right needs left and left needs right. It's it's not like one side is right all the time because right wing people don't care about poor people. Like at all. Like it's you know there's I mean, not that, that that's accusatory. You're right. Okay, in general, that's the uh, all right. So, a that's the uh, perception, and that, uh, that's where you, yeah, the perception of the right is right. that yes. But their policies often do kind of ignore the disenfranchised, hmm. and uh, you know, there's something to be said about that because you need the disenfranchised. I mean, I mean, you don't. <sighs> what it is is they're important to your society and they are human beings uh, and they don't deserve to be treated like less than human beings or less important than other human beings. And that's what we have all over from at every level in the legal system and the healthcare system everywhere is poor people getting treated badly. However, you don't want to treat poor people, you know, better than rich people either you don't want to demonize the rich people at you know you know you don't want to elevate the poor people at the expense of the rich people 
at least not on a policy basis. If you choose to do that on an individual level, that makes you, you know, a hell of a guy or gal. But otherwise, I don't see that as I, I, I have a unresolved thought. I, I'm, I have a un, unfinished thoughts about this. I'm still working on my my total outlook on this idea. You've been bringing this up a lot lately. What rich versus poor? No, the whole philosophies of the left and right. By the way, this isn't this isn't a political conversation. This is a philosophical one. Yes. And this is the type of stuff you've been bringing up. You were reading a book. I think Taylor handed you a book and it blew your mind up. Uh, it, uh, it did. It was uh, a book on basically the idea of justice. Um, it was uh, justice written by a guy named Handel. I, uh, I forget his first name, but it's basically a history of philo- philosophical ideas ar- centering around justice. And is it also kind of played off of another book that I read by... Uh, Dr. Jonathan Haidt, um, he runs uh, Heterodox Academy. I forget what, I think it's University of Chicago that he uh, that he works out of. And his work on left and right really kind of changed my, my viewpoint on politics and, uh, you know, the way that people communicate with each other. Because I used to be like, pretty hardcore conservative when i was younger like i was i I would actively engage liberals in debate and stuff now you know i've kind of realized that's mostly a waste of your time because everybody's so entrenched and i think you know speaking of top existential threats the lack of civil debate in our you know political sphere right now uh is that's that's gonna kill us all like you can't automatically assume that you're gonna hate somebody based on their political views. I mean, you might, but you should at least give them the chance. I mean, they may have something like well thought out. I go into every conversation with a human, another human being assuming they know something that I don't because they do, you know, like uh, they have something to teach you if you pay enough attention. They always, they don't always though. And you know what? Debates suck. Not just the big ones. Obviously the big presidential ones, they blow. They don't do, they don't accomplish a damn thing. They accomplish sound bites. So, yeah. But I mean, the 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 thing to do now is if you don't have a good response, is to just tell the person to shut up or make the person shut up because you can't handle what they're saying. Fake news. I just don't understand. You know, if you got to put together a coherent thought, if you can't, then don't speak. There you go. But you know, what is uh, what's the what's the rule? The uh, the ignorant are too loud, and the wise men, you know, too silent. That's what's wrong with the world. Um, because it's wise to keep your tongue for the most part. That's why idiots like you and me are just shooting their mouth off on the internet. Yeah. So what is it? This, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. There you go. The squeaky wheel gets the oil. Oh, grease. Mm. (laughs) I mean, which is better? Uh, depends on what you're trying to cook. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to like. Or lube. Lube. Mm. Mm. Lube. How'd we get here? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Let's go back. Where were we? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It, the world is fucked. Everybody's going to die. Um, oh, God. You know, the uh, the political system is a mess in itself, and the philosophy behind both sides, I, I think, the, the to put a pin in this, both sides are important. You have to have the left so you have new ideas coming into your conservative, like, power structures, right? Like, it's... Left people are innovators, they're artists, they have, you know, they crave novelty. And they crave novelty at the expense of the overall structure. Whereas right-wing people are 
hierarchical and traditional. They want to keep the structure intact that, you know, the thing to do is work together so that you get the new ideas into incorporated into the overall traditional structure and you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater when you're reforming. Reform should be slow and measured and intelligently applied according to data and, um, you know, good measurable outcomes. And unfortunately, right now it's all ideologues just shooting crappy ideas into the sky. Like there's, all right, so for perfect example, there's nothing wrong with environmental reform as a rule. However, all of the environmental reform that is suggested is basically just taxing companies for doing things that uh, make sense financially. And it doesn't really have a net effect on the environment because everybody's so focused on these carbon you know, emissions that, and that's not, that's not really effective. Like that's the Paris Accords, I think were largely just a publicity stunt. And the fact that we're not in them is probably a good thing because they wouldn't have done anything for the environment and they would have restricted business. Now that's probably pretty controversial. We're probably going to get some hate mail over that one. <laughs> Bring it. I can take it. Anyway, let's shut the fuck up about politics. We, we haven't gotten our first troll yet. We it's coming. Did you see the did you see the comment on one of which which one was it? I think it was the Brajol video that we yeah. made. Yeah. Uh you like you like the have balls or something in your mouth. No, no, no. That was the meatball one. Oh, okay. The no. Brajol. I didn't I don't think I ended up getting to watch the This Brajol dude, one. I think his name was I think it was Ronald? Ronald Mexico? His last name was Mexico and all it said was hashtag stay black. <laughs> 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 All right. Sounds good. Sounds good to me. Off to a good start. So what uh what else is on your mind? No, nothing, man. I've been pretty excited. This this has been a lot. Putting this whole thing together has been a hell of a process. I gotta say, the uh, the studio looks a little better this week than I, it did last week. I think each time you come it's going to be just a little bit better. Just a little bit better. Just a little bit. So yeah, I mean, you know, get, hooking all this equipment up. First of all, learning how to use this stuff. Where are you going to put the bar? That's what I want to know. Behind us. That's going to go over there. All right. That's going to be important. We're yeah. going to have to start doing these things on weekends. I think so. I think we should do that as well because that would probably help with some of the surrounding sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, send send the, uh, the, my, uh, my wife and baby uh, out someplace else to, I, I don't know cry and be loud yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if it's picking up right now but we do hear zach's baby crying as we speak i don't know if, i don't know if it's going to pick it up last time it did pick it up a little bit depending on what device you were listening on i listened uh to it on a bluetooth speaker and uh, did not hear anything so. and then i listened to it on my television my smart tv and it came in loud and clear <laughs> so yeah guys why don't you write into the show and tell me how you heard my infant son child my infant son crying that'll I, be that'll be a fun topic for another day i do want to know how people listen to podcasts in general what do you use because i was just using an app called podcaster uh i use earbuds and a uh app called beyond pod beyond pod i see i don't know if the feeds are like somehow automatically getting there because it seems like if you as long as you're in with the big ones then mm-hmm. you're good to go yeah i i don't know though I don't think so. I looked for this one and uh, and couldn't find it. I imagine if you get more popular, that kind of stuff just works itself out. It just happens? Yeah. Wow. Crowdsourced through the internet. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then, you know, putting together the videos has kept me busy. Um, the first video we made was... 
kind of ghetto. And then uh, I was like, man, we need better lighting for this. Man, we need a better camera for this. So the second video came out much better. But it was a lot of fun putting together. Taylor had fun. Uh, she made jerk-off jokes. Which is always fun. And, like, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, that's cool because we're going to do whatever we want on this channel. But then I was thinking, we're going to lose a demographic that doesn't want to listen to jerk-off jokes. You're also going to gain a demographic. Yeah, true. True. Maybe, maybe we'll get more street cred. You're going to be huge with the furry community. <laughs> For jerk-off jokes? Oh, yeah. No, we need more than that. And then you had the picture of the dog up there. Well, we already lost the flat earthers. <laughs> you dissed them last episode. Isn't this is you know what this is going to be? It's just us carving out our niche layer by layer, <laughs> like one one demographic at a time. Let's talk about social justice. <laughs> the only the only let's let's go ahead and throw half these people under the bus. Yeah, we, yeah. You know, I think I did uh, basically alienate like everybody on the left with my totally biased conservative views just now because i said nice things about trump when uh earlier what'd you say yeah that 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 his tax plan benefited me personally i mean you got more money in your pocket that's cool but you know maybe in the long run not so much well you know it's it's a trade-off there's good and bad uh, you know, I'm not super worried about it. I, my kids can just move to the Philippines and live under, under that dictator over there. And, um, you know, if, if it, if it just goes tits up over here, I mean, you know, you know, let me tell you something. I'm so fucking, I'm so sick of politics, man, because it keeps coming up and it's no, I think what's getting me is everybody has to pick a side. Oh yeah. Fuck your side. I don't care. I don't care who you think is looking out for you. They're not looking out for you. Fuck Hillary Clinton. Fuck Donald Trump. They don't care. Nobody gives a shit. None of them care about you. So I don't know if it's a way of making people feel special. They can hop on their team and they can root for the left or they can root for the right. They don't care. Mm. Do yourself a favor and worry about yourself. Worry about your family. Worry about your community. Worry about your friends. That's what's more important. Fix the shit you got under your roof first and then worry about the neighbors. It is amazing how many people think that they have the answer to the political and financial problems of the world, and they have, like, a shitty house with the roof falling off of it. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. you know, it, it's just like, listen, if you had any idea, you'd probably be up there, you know? Like, all of these problems are way too complicated for me. I, I've realized slowly but surely i i really used to be like you know gung-ho like american military we need to be all like i i now realize that i don't have a fucking clue what we should be doing overseas how old were you when you realized you didn't have a clue uh, i was like 31 no. really <laughs> no um it, probably like late 20s like uh like 27 28 something around there i started really figuring out that like geez these problems are like pretty damn complicated they have paid experts who do nothing but solve like individual problems all day long and or not solve but work on because the solutions are you know ethereal i think i was 25 yeah well all right fine you could one-up me if you want i think i was (laughs) that's when it like i i looked around one day I, i almost remember the moment of it i you know i was just walking around one day and i was like i don't know a fucking thing 
<laughs> and I haven't recovered from that. I'm still walking around every day on this fucking planet thinking, I don't know what's going on. That depresses me because you have like so much more technical knowledge than I do. And yeah. You don't know anything. <laughs> well, I got to learn as I go. Yeah. I, I got to. That's the, we were just talking about setting up all this stuff. I can't tell you how many things I did in the past two weeks for the first time. I never laid down floor before. Yep. Let's start there, building the studio out. I never even used a mixer before, and that's what we're using here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never recorded a podcast. I never had to set up the podcast. I had to build the website. I had to do all this shit. Yeah. And I was like, Google's making it for me. Google's you know doing it. You know what's funny is, like, I, this. I don't know why this kind of... New skills that I've developed, like, you know, obviously I'm a new parent. My, uh, my kid is... Uh, you know, about five and a half months old. And so I'm learning how to be a dad. And that's like, on the one hand, it's like super easy. I mean, because he needs three things at this point in his life. And it's just milk. You know, he needs, he needs mom's boobs or he needs, uh, you know, a diaper change or he wants to be held, just wants to be comforted or like a, a bath. Yeah, and you just kind of cycle these few little things and if one doesn't work you go to the next and if you're completely stumped you call a doctor and all of it's been you know fairly easy but at the same time it is exhausting and so difficult so it like the novelty part of it isn't hard but the process of it is so I, that's the kind of where I relate to you like trying to pick pick things up on the go that's uh that's where where most of my energy for for that sort of thing goes right now maybe that's why our generation is so scatterbrained we're it's almost like we're expected to know all of these things and have all of these talents like how come the generation before us can just constantly be calling us up like i just deleted my internet because they (laughs) deleted the icon to internet explorer (laughs) and they think that they deleted the internet you know, but we're expected to know these things. And it's also, you know, we're the generation that can't keep a job for more than two years or don't want to have the same job for more than two years. Well, a lot has changed. I mean, there's a huge generational gap. I, people realize that companies don't care uh, about you as an individual, I as, as an employee. I mean, just ask any comcast tech ever Ooh. they they hate themselves <laughs> i hate Comcast. what what it everybody hates comcast they it's, hate working there they hate using it and you have to it's an easy target you know like the yeah that's the they have like the monopoly in the area and if they don't it's not like at&t gives you a lot better of a deal you know or, what though they weren't even the monopoly <clears throat> in my area well actually it was my last place they, uh, I was able to get, well, I guess for cable, they did have the monopoly, but I could have gotten direct TV. So yeah. I had direct TV come out and they lined up their satellites, you know, dude comes out with all his tools and crap and he's lining it up and he's, well, he's on my roof. He's in the backyard. He's in the front yard. He's on the driveway and he couldn't get a signal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Wow. Because, you know, they, they try to sell that product hard. So, you know, I mean, he that, I was waiting for him to go dangling from a fucking tree before he was like, <laughs> he was like no, we, you you can't have direct TV. And I was like, damn, I was actually ready to roll. So yeah. that's too bad. But, yeah, I mean, it, that's another thing where Comcast has an advantage because they, they're hardwired in. Yeah, well, I mean, they've got, and that's why Google Fiber has had so much trouble gaining ground in Atlanta just because the infrastructure for Comcast is already there and they're just... 
holding on to it with a, a tight grip. I was waiting for Google. I thought Google Fiber was going to come in like, just a, like crush. a bulldozer. Well, I was we, like, they are going to crush when they get here. And they would have, except for Comcast lobbies hard. You know, they have just millions and millions of dollars that they're donating to uh, politicians all over the, the place. Not like Google isn't, but it's, you know, there are Google's joining the race late. They're yeah. they're trying to build an infrastructure, whereas Comcast Where already has there's one. There's already an established one. Yeah. So, the, right. and, you know, that competition is good. Like, I, I honestly wish you could you could break these big giant conglomerates up into smaller things because anytime you have a monopoly it's uh you know it's obviously not a great thing not for consumers anyway right yeah and pretty awesome if you're a ceo uh, true that'd be nice yeah but uh again we're, i feel like we're talking about shit that's way above our pay grade man like because we're smart and we can have conversations like this listen man i have you so this has popped up on my radar recently and I think it's interesting. Have you heard of like the NoFap challenge? What? The the NoFap challenge. I'm assuming that means you're not going to whack it for a extended period of time? It's or? the it no, it's it's whacking it is fine. Whacking it to porn is the problem. So what, what it the, is the the problem? Yeah, it's the problem. It's an actual problem because it uh it it's, you know, there's such a thing as pornography addiction, right? Yeah. Where you can't you know, get off without pornography. Like, you know, that episode of South Park with uh, where they run out of internet. <laughs> that was a great episode. It really was. But anyway, the uh, the NoFap Challenge is based on, like, scientific evidence that, like, when you're watching pornography, you're just bombarding your brain with way too much dopamine because as long as you're watching, you know, good-looking women who want to have sex with you or at least that's the what your brain is getting tricked into thinking it's just blasting you with dopamine and that over time will ruin your uh your like dopamine receptors but they'll just be it's like blunt force trauma on uh yeah no this is like it's actually actual science you can look it up it will ruin your dopamine receptors yeah and you have a harder time feeling positive emotion in uh the pursuit of you know goals or things like like other, like it, your relationships will suffer all sorts of stuff so pornography they've linked all of this to pornography so there's a large movement there's a subreddit um online that is all about strategies on how to avoid jerking it to porn which you know makes me giggle because you know i'm i'm a healthy young adult male uh, I mean, I'm youngish, I guess, early 30s. Am I young anymore? Anyway, I have a kid. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, obviously, I've watched pornography before. And I, you know, it's, there is, maybe it's just the, the Christian upbringing in me that, uh, it, you know, it's like there's a little level of guilt, like I shouldn't be doing this. But, you know, now there's like scientific evidence supporting the idea that you shouldn't be whacking it to porn like these women a there's like that moral issue like these women are exploiting themselves and look like they're enjoying it but whatever and uh you know be like you're exploiting them you're you know you're participating in this negative thing and then at the same time it's also hurting yourself so the i don't know i was just uh, have you heard of it if you have any I'm, uh, I'm thoughts look, on I'm it i'm looking or? at it right now uh, on reddit i found the uh the subreddit R dash nofap nofap yeah. yeah it says nofap's official abstain August 2018 so this is happening right now 
Yeah. Continue or start your PMO free commitment here. PMO. Uh, what does PMO stand for? I don't for? know. I don't know that. Uh, sign up for NoFap's PMO free August 2018 here. Uh, let's see. It's that time of the month again. One month is ending, and another chance to continue or start your commitment is upon us. Wow. Yeah. So people are legitimately like, no, porn is like the I I watched a video. On There's it. a PDF. Oh God. Get a getting started PDF. Hang on, we're opening this bad boy up now. Has pornog- pornography had a negative impact on your life? I mean... Oh, you have to subscribe before you can get the... What? I'm not doing that crap. I'll just read through the subreddit. Would you like to participate? If so, please reply to this thread with the following information. Are you not going to allow yourself to masturbate? View porn? Orgasm whatsoever? Not allowing any outlet for sexual release is called hard mode. In quotes, hard mode. That makes sense. (laughs) How long do you want this challenge to last? By default, it is one month, but 90 days is recommended for rebooting. Dude, this is some some Christian shit behind this. Okay, all right. PMO stands for porn, masturbation, orgasm. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, then the next book, the next question is, what are your goals? What? Why are you doing this? Yeah. So, I tell you what, though, if uh, I I have noticed that, uh, you know, abstaining from porn, because I, it's just one of those things, like, you know, you don't need to be doing it, ev- like, all the time, every day, every night. You know, like, looking at porn more than once a day is, uh, yeah, I just feel like you got better things to do, right? How do you have the time? Exactly. So... I have noticed that abstaining from pornography, like, you know, it, it does, like, improve your the level of interest in your partner. I mean, for me, it does. Mm. Uh, you know, that's all I can really speak to. But I, masturbation as a, as a rule, though, like, taking that out of the equation, that sounds kind of silly to me. So, wait a second. What's the rule on making your own naughty films? Uh, I guess I don't as far as like morally ethically I got I, there's probably nothing wrong with that uh, as you know as long as it's you and a consenting adult and you know you guys are just into it together and I'm trying to look through the guidelines here I can't download the PDF it's not covering this did I find a loophole now for as far as like your brain's reaction to it I would think that that's probably the same you know like it like if you're watching hundreds of your own sex tapes that you've made like you're still blasting your brain with too much dopamine but i like dopamine yeah everybody does that's actually how you like things <laughs> that's actually, what it's for that's let's you know i was reading recently that when your dog you know how when you come home your dog is like all excited to see you like oh my god yeah i have no concept of time how long have you been gone i love you oxytocin <laughs> yeah yeah but they release apparently an uh the the equivalent amount of dopamine as when somebody orgasms oh wow yeah Jeez. That make, like system overload. That's why they spaz out the way they do. That does make sense. <laughs> I, I read one time that if you pet your dog for more than ten seconds, you both start uh, releasing oxytocin, which is the same um, bonding hormone that mothers and babies release when they are like, uh, you know, breastfeeding or like seeing each other for the first time or doing the like the belly crawl. Have you ever just seen that? Like the, I guess you probably wouldn't have because you don't have kids or care about kids right now but i care about kids i love kids well you don't care about like 
birthing procedures or yeah. you've never you've never spent any significant time on YouTube looking up the birth crawl, I would imagine. No, I've seen movies though. Oh yeah. So anyway, when the baby's born, you put it on the the stomach and it kind of crawls up to the breast and latches itself. Oh. Which is amazing because you wouldn't think a baby could do that at that age, but they kind of do. Wait, like out of the womb? Yeah. What? Yeah. They kind of wriggle themselves on up and it's kind of incredible and beautiful to watch. They never did that in the movies. They no. just wrap them up in a blanket and hand them to mommy. Oh, buddy, they do a lot of stuff in real life that they don't show in the movies. Well, why do they leave it out? How else am I going to know? Uh, <laughs> well, again, you're expected to know. You have the internet. <laughs> That's true. You damn millennials. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go have some avocado toast and rent an apartment. You know what? The whole millennial thing, eh. You're over it? I don't I don't get it. You know I get... don't understand how I'm part of that. I know uh, I am. Well, I'm, I'm clearly I'm clearly in it. Yeah, you're you've got a beard. What happened to Gen Y? You're in the, uh Gen Y? I was Gen Y until the whole millennial millennial thing happened. And then I got uh, grouped into this shit. Well, I mean, you have a lot in common with some of them. Maybe some things, but let me tell you something. You're engaged to one. There's, I am, but she's seven years younger. She, she's right in the, you know, the. Yeah, I think you're missing. Right, a, right I think you're missing a decibel it. place there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you're just jealous. <laughs> no, but for real, I mean, I feel like there's a difference between my mindset and people that of of my age. You know, you're about you're my age, right? Yeah, I'm a year younger than you. Yeah, so our age versus what people think of as a millennial. The difference is, I think my age, we still know, just like the Gen Xers, we still know we're pieces of shit. Well, we're... We're, we're not... We, I've never considered myself special, a, spe, a special snowflake. I, I think I'm special. No, you're not. You don't think so? No. Well, why See, do you hang out why, with This me? is why you're a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> we are... I mean, as I get what you're saying, though. Like, we are early millennials like we we got we're at like the very like edge of the curve there i still think wi-fi internet's the most unbelievable thing it, I, it's not it doesn't have to be wired up i don't understand it it doesn't make any sense it's it might as well be magic <laughs> there might as well be like little wizards inside the routers like <laughs> casting spells what what are the what's some of the cool are there is there any other technology where you look at it and you can remember the first time you ever saw it and it blew your fucking mind uh, I think I, flat screen TVs. No, I've been raised with so much like great stuff that you know, it, it's just like it just makes sense. I tell you what, like the the level that VR has gotten to, and some of the stuff I've seen online, that's that's really impressed me. Yeah, but VR was around even when we were. I mean, it sucked, but even when we were younger, that's what I'm saying though. Like, if you think about like Dave and Buster's when you're like eight, nine years old, and you had like little pixelated dragons coming and dropping you off a cliff or whatever, and then now, like, you have like a handheld headset of like Oculus Rift or whatever that like can trick you into thinking you're on a roller coaster. Yeah, you ever you ever do that one? I think it comes standard with the Oculus Rift where you're standing on I think it's the edge of a building or like a plank and you're kind of hanging over a city. No, the only thing I use that thing is for is porn. <laughs> That's it. Goes back to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's unbelievable because you'll be standing it feels it, you don't even you know you're not even physically actually feeling wind, but you could see wind happening in the scene. Mm-hmm. So you think you're feeling wind, like that's, it's that's weird. Yeah, it's bizarre. That's like some phantom limb kind of weird. Like your brain just tricks you into thinking that you have stimulus that you don't type bullshit. Yeah. Did you ever yeah. hear that uh, that story? Uh, 
like a, if you just deprive yourself of all senses, like you start hallucinating, like you, you just, you, Ooh, I you heard, heard about that? this recently on Joe Rogan. Okay. He, it might be the same thing you're talking about. Basically what he was saying, or apparently he's a proponent of this. He, uh, does these silent chambers. Oh, the, uh, the isolation tank isolation tanks. Yeah. Yeah. That's and you like half submerge yourself in water. Yeah. I've done this before. You've done this. Yeah. I've, uh, How long were you in there? Um, I've both times I did it for two hours. Is this the same thing? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's it, got a much nicer one than the ones that Oh, I've he done. owns that one cuz oh, I yeah. saw a video where he was talking about it. Yeah, no, he uh he's uh got like a friend that uh runs these labs. He's like a mad scientist and tinkers with these things all the time and tries to find ways to improve them. Basically, the idea is you uh get into this like big dark chamber filled with uh salt water. It's filled with about 800 pounds of Epsom salts. It's heated to your body temperature, so you sit in there and you float, and it feels the water is the same temperature as your skin, so it basically feels like you have no body, and you're just sitting inside this dark thing, and you kind of, like, meditate and chill out, and it feels really good for your back, like, your neck, like, decompresses, and it's, uh, and... It's been shown to increase the level of uh, brain activity because your brain isn't uh, processing all of the outside stimulus. So like right now, you're just sitting here in this room. You're processing the fact that there's light, that there's somebody talking to you, that you're sitting on a chair, that like uh, there's a, uh, you know, a slight breeze or something coming through from the upstairs. Like all of that is going in unnoticed and, you know, taking up... um, I guess like whatever your brain's equivalent to RAM is. And uh, so it affects the way you think. And when you take all of that out, your brain kind of like goes into hyperdrive and starts producing these things called alpha waves, which is, you know, uh, just a like a higher level brain wave than what you're normally operating at. Wow. Just blew your fucking mind, didn't I? And you, and you, and you hallucinate. Yeah, uh, you can hallucinate. I have never experienced hallucinations. Um, it's it's more along the lines of you're just like meditating and you're engaging in like an active uh, an active imagination exercise. So you know you kind of if you ever kind of close your eyes and just like start you know having these waking dreams unbidden, like that sort of thing, and it's just stronger than normal. But it's I wouldn't call it like regular hallucination. The thing I was talking about, which is very similar. Uh, and I've heard you can do this by putting like um, you can cut ping pong balls in half and shine red light into them and then play like white noise on a radio. And if you can sit and be quiet for like 10 minutes and you do that, you'll actually start like really hallucinating. What you put what you cut the balls in half and then what shine red light through them. And what do you mean? You point them at your face? Yeah, no, you put the, you put the, the ping pong balls over your eyes. Oh, okay. So it's like a blindfold, but it's filled with red light. Right, gotcha. And something about that makes your brain want to uh, compensate for what it doesn't see happening, and that, uh, and then it like, uh, yeah. I don't know the mechanism on that one as as well as I do the other. That's crazy shit. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, I think we're gonna call it here. It's about forty five minutes. Let us uh, let us know if you like this. Uh, length of time that we're working with here we decided on 45 minutes we thought that'd be a good length considering i would imagine that's about the average uh commute to work or so you something can listen in your lines, car yeah. i don't know uh we can go longer we can go shorter 
fuck it. Uh, or just, you know, talk to us in general, you know, uh, tell us to stay black and, uh, that, you know, <laughs> just make gay jokes in the comments of our videos and, uh, we, we'll enjoy and we'll, uh, we'll respond as, uh, as long as there's something substantive to respond to. All right, uh, guys, please subscribe. Check us out on YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. And tune in next week when we discuss tidy whities and the effect on the environment.